Hey kids, it's a new year, it's a new season on this podcast, you got the same Amy. Welcome back. We are five days deep into 2020 and I would like to let you know that your year has already began, begun, began, whatever, better than mine. And I'm going to start off with a little story. So as some of you know, probably none of you know, I just figured that was a nice transition into the story. As none of you know, I don't get my mail to where I live. I just, I let my mail go to my parents' house. I let everything just go there and I pick it up because when I was getting my mail to where I live, it was getting stolen and lost. So precautionary measures. I send it all to my parents' house and it is what it is. Therefore, when packages arrive, I've asked my mother to let me know a package arrived so I can make sure to make a trip to their house and pick it up. Well, it's New Year's Eve. I get a text message from my mom. It says, Happy New Year. You've got a packet from the IRS. (laughs) And I looked at this text message, my eyes bulged bigger than they already are, and I took a deep, like, swallow of my saliva and thought, okay, you know what? I am not going to snap right now. I am not going to snap. This woman definitely didn't think this through. She did not consider my psyche, which is exactly what I responded with after I said, thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. And then I waited a whole five minutes to text her again. And I said, did you not consider my psyche before sending that message? And she like responded with, oh my God, no, I didn't. I'm so sorry. And I went, a packet? Like, that's a rather specific, not you got a letter from the IRS, you got a packet, a packet. Mind you, I never asked her to let me know what mail arrived. I only said, let me know if a package arrives, specifically because I like to order clothes. And if my little outfit arrives on a Tuesday and I want to wear it on a Wednesday, I'm going to make it my business to go pick it up. A packet from the, I said, a packet or an envelope? She replies, a very thick envelope. Wonderful. Can you take a, so I spent the next 20 minutes of my New Year's Eve back and forth saying, could you please photograph said packet or thick envelope for me? So she photographs it. Now my evening is fueled by anxiety And I'm thinking, wow, you know, what a way to end (laughs) 2019. Thank you, government officials who mailed this strategically on a day where it would arrive exactly on New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, I had to go pick it up and read my fate. Appreciate it very much. So whatever your evening entailed, I will tell you, 
it was 150 times better than getting that text message. But I figure if I could survive that, then this year is going to be a fucking piece of cake because that in and of itself is a scary situation. Just getting a letter that says it's from the IRS will send you into a frenzy emotionally and physically have you shitting yourself, literally shitting yourself. So it's 2020. We're five days in and I've had some adventures since day one. Yesterday I went cookie making with my mother and I'll tell you, I love when my mother invites me to do something because I don't know. It's just time is a precious, precious gift. Real talk. Time is is a really valuable thing for me. And I value spending time with people in my life, especially undivided time. Like having your undivided attention if you're in my life is really important to me, especially when we're together and we're hanging out. I don't want you being on the phone or you being so distracted that you can't be present with me because there's going to come a day where one of us is going to drop dead and you're going to think back to those times where you could have been present with me, but you were maybe checking your social media and then you're going to regret it because you're going to be like, you know, I wish I stared at her face a little bit longer so that ingrained it into my memory or I wish I really listened to her jokes and laughed at the punchlines because, you know, I'm just speaking from experience here. These are things I think about myself when I watch other people not pay attention <laughs> to me. I- when I visit my parents, they're so used to my humor that they often just don't really laugh. Some, I mean, they laugh a lot, don't get me wrong, but there are times where I quip something off and I guess they are just so used to my tone and my comments and my wit that there's really no reaction and I'm waiting I'm waiting for that reaction. Validate me, please. And I will say, like, I have no issue saying to them, why aren't you laughing? That was funny. Or really, like, do I have to retell the punchline of that story so you can giggle a little just so I can get my, like, kicks off of telling this joke? Like, it's not fun to tell a joke when nobody laughs but yourself. And yet here we are, right? Here we are talking to ourselves again, season two. I Listen, I'm calling it season two because I don't know how to fucking do this or gauge this. And like I said, this is just really fun for me. I It was between this and learning the ukulele and, and this seemed easier. And so, you know, well, um, cookie making. So went to my mom's house yesterday and bravo, bravo, Cheryl. Let's all give her a little golf clap for a second because she prepped the dough. She refrigerated it. Now we tried to do this last year and it was a shit show of a situation because I don't know if like we were missing ingredients in the dough or, or what took place, right? But the cookies turned out to be quite a disaster last year. 
So this year, you know, the hopes are that they're less of a disaster, but you don't really know what to expect, especially because I am not a baker. I like to cook. I cook all the time. I don't, I have cookbooks. I don't read them. I'll look at a picture for like inspiration, but I don't do well reading a recipe. Not because I can't follow it, but because I think I know better. (laughs) It's my arrogance. I I don't know better, but I think I know better. And then I go, well, this, this recipe doesn't have any garlic powder and I put garlic powder in everything like (laughs) my brother sent me a video just like sidebar for a second my brother sent me a video or tagged me in something the other day and it was like this funny video of an Italian mother making like pasta sauce and her son kept going you put too much onion in it. And she was like, there's no onion in my sauce. I've got flavor. And he's like, no, you put too much onion. There's no onion in my sauce. And all I could think was like, I live for onion in my sauce. Why aren't you putting onion in your sauce? Like I didn't, I have Italians in my family. I didn't know that was a thing, but I guess if you're actually like a real cook, (laughs) you want to probably utilize other flavors than just garlic and onion on everything like Amy likes to do. Whatever. So yeah, I don't follow recipes. So a baker, I am not. And my mom prepped everything and she had my grandma's old school cookie maker and I show up and she's all ready she's got everything set up so she's like pick you know pick the style of cookie you want to make and and I pick it and she's she's doing the you know she's doing the dough and then she goes Amy you decorate okay seems like an easy job right like not brain surgery over here so The first set of cookies we made were like regular like butter cookies with the little cherry in the middle. I'm sure you've seen them, okay? If you're you're following my Instagram story, you definitely saw this entire thing go down. So those came out looking pretty because all Amy had to do was add a fucking cherry. Like the most difficult part of that task was pluck the stem off the cherry and then put the cherry on the cookie. Fine. I'm very capable of doing that. And I didn't eat any of the cherries because we needed them all. But then she's like, we need to make other kinds. I go, why? (laughs) No, no, let's just stick with what we're good at. Let's just put cherries on everything and call it a day. She goes, no, no, we need to make another kind. I have different kinds of dough. Usually we use this dough for these like long um, ribbon like cookies and we put sprinkles on them. I go, I don't eat those. Do you eat those? Like I'll, I'll eat all the cherry ones, but I'm not going to eat anything with like sprinkles on it. I don't know. It's just my taste. So we had to switch up the cookie style. We pick a different kind. I said, can we just do like cookie cutters? She goes, Oh, okay. So she rolls out the dough. I pick out like a Frosty the Snowman and and a candy cane and I'm pressing them and I feel like really proud of myself because I've never actually rolled dough out and pressed cookies. I know, I know, 35 years old, never done that. It's fine. I've done a lot of other things like written and published three books. 
um, built my own business, um, accomplished many awards and accolades. Should I go on? Okay. I've never pressed cookie dough before. <laughs> so I was really thrilled just with that alone. Like that satisfied me. And that is how life should go, guys. The end. No, I'm just kidding. But like, really, if you could find satisfaction in those tiny, tiny little moments, for instance, again, sidebar, when I was like in sixth grade and I got a lunch detention, I don't remember for what, probably my mouth, I was told to go to the classroom and eat my lunch. And I, okay. So I sit down at the desk and the teacher goes, yeah, you're going to face the wall, like stare at the wall. Oh, okay. Like that sounds like mean, but okay. <laughs> I thought this was just like, I get to like have lunch alone. That's not a bad thing. No, Amy, stare at the wall and eat your lunch. Oh, okay, fine. So I'm staring at the wall and I don't know if your classrooms look anything like our classrooms because some of our classrooms growing up in the country were like, um, like trailers, you know, like it wasn't actually in the building. Like we had these like outside trailers that were also classrooms. The walls were like cement, um, but they were like painted. And so the paint had like that drippy kind of look to it. You know what I'm talking about? I sat there for, I, I think lunch was like at that time, 30 minutes, maybe more. I don't know. I sat there and I counted I am not kidding you at all. This is not an exaggeration. Counted the drips on the wall for the entire 30 minutes and found pure joy in doing that. That is how much of a fucking weirdo I am. I can find entertainment in the most mundane. So when people say like, you know that like in, they use it as an insult. I don't find it to be one when they say like you're as exciting as watching paint dry. I go, listen, bitch, I counted the drip marks in lunch detention once. Watching paint dry is actually very fucking thrilling. Thank you. And good night. Like it. Uh, so pressing the cookie dough fun for me. Well, we get all of them like lay it out right and my mom's like so have a ball here's all the sprinkles okay so I'm really proud of myself I like I don't know how you could fuck up pushing a, a, a cookie cutter into cookie dough but I didn't I don't think you can but I didn't and got the sprinkles and I'm like um all right let's get creative so I'm like I'm I'm using my fingers. I'm not just dumping sprinkles. Like I'm pl I'm like pinching the sprinkles out of each container and sprinkling them on the cookies or placing them. Placing them. Like one by one, pushing them in. Okay? Like I wasn't reckless with this activity. I was very strategic. I said, oh, we have a frosty. Okay, I'm going to take a couple of these sprinkles that look like eyeballs. I'm going to give him some blue eyes. And this little one, he's going to have one blue eye and one green eye because he's a special motherfucker. And then this one's going to have green eyes. And this one's going to have white buttons. Like I was thoughtful. Then I was like, ooh, the blue, like, crystal-like sprinkles 
we're just going to cover Frosty in blue because he's Frosty and he has frostbite. Okay. Crafty. I know. You don't need to tell me. I know. And I went at it. Okay. I covered all the religions, cultures, ethnicities, whatever else is in there. I had brown snowman, white snowman, blue frostbitten snowman. I had Christmas trees. I had Jewish trees. Like I hit every one. Some had Jewish stars. Some had regular stars. I was trying to like do a full spectrum baking extravaganza. Well, then I looked at the cookie sheet after I finished whatever I was doing. And I thought, where is the uh, blind six-year-old who just dumped sprinkles everywhere? Because that's what it looked like. It looked like a hot mess. It looked like some toddler came into the room and had a fucking sprinkle shower all over these cookies. So many wasted sprinkles. Where do they go? Where to heaven? Hell? Who gets the leftover sprinkles? Because this was a this was a mess. I was filming the whole thing. I'm sure it's still on the Instagram. The the Instagram. <laughs> it mm, they were all edible though. So that's all. That's all I was concerned about. I even gifted some cookies to be. She loved them. I said, listen, I would have brought you my sprinkle ones, but you're like a professional baker and you would have thought less of me. So I brought you the pretty ones with cherries because they look the most profesh. Enjoy. She loved them. She loved them, but she also didn't see frostbit and frosty. So, you know, I don't know. But we had fun. We we had fun. So that was that was my Saturday um, cookie making and then Walmart adventures with my friend. I met my friend at Walmart and I live for Walmart. I know y'all are like Target people, aren't you? Not a fan of Target and haven't haven't yet entered a Target that I liked. Just it's a knockoff of Walmart. They just changed their colors and used a different name. They're red. Walmart's blue and yellow. Target, you know, has their like grocery section, which everyone I've been to sucks. It's like old food. The shelves are half empty. Um, Walmart, eh, I'll do a full grocery shopping trip in there. But the produce in these places, not so fresh. Don't do it. Don't do it. But yeah, that's my 2020. That has been the last few days. Those aren't the only things I've had going on. I've watched some exciting things on the television, like Surviving R. Kelly Part 2. So spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it yet, because I finished it yesterday, it at first I was a little like, y'all hyped this up. Y'all really hyped up part two and it's a little bland for my liking. Not the material so much as the presentation. It was kind of like, like I thought it would just be a little bit more thrilling from the get go. But I... 
part two is, I don't know how many altogether because I watched it over the course of a couple days, but I watched at least two hours the first day and those first two hours were pretty much the same as part one. If you didn't watch part one, it was, again, several hours worth of documentation, people being victims being interviewed. I don't know if if they refer to themselves as victims or survivors on this show because I that's just that's a dispute that I actually just don't want to touch I don't I don't I get a lot of comments on social media where people will say it sounds like you're victim blaming it sounds like you're victim blaming if I'm victim blaming then then I'm walking around doing the same thing to myself that's not the case I just my belief system is one of which may approach some things a little bit differently. Again, I just don't want to touch it. Just like I don't want to touch politics. I do want to say this, just in general, just some general commentary about like any kind of touchy topic, okay? Especially like maybe geared towards politics, right? (laughs) So... You know, there's there, there's a trending hashtag currently on Twitter for the last few days, World War Three, right? And without without stating personal opinions, without commenting on this, this is what I want to say. When you click on a hashtag, you get a variety of opinions. And it got me thinking about a bigger kind of topic. And and this is where I'm taking this conversation, right? So when you click on it, you get um, usually about 50% of like one type of opinion. And then you got to do a little bit digging to get that opposing 50% opinion. So when you think about things like this, right, and you like put on the TV, say, well, if you turn to a certain channel, um, and you're only listening to 50% of one opinion, then that's the opinion that you're immediately going to think is the most popular opinion. Is this making sense? The same goes with any topic. The same goes with any thought process that you have in your own mind and your own world. For instance, if you grow up in an environment where the most popular opinions about certain things, let's say money, right? That's that's not that touchy. <laughs> no? Okay. So if, if the opinions of the people in your life growing up about money are that there's like never enough and it's hard to come by and you have to work hard for it right like that's that's one that's one opinion of it but if that's the only opinion you are exposed to that's the opinion you're going to think is real and true and so then you're going to subscribe to it even if you don't like it at first because exposure is everything right so if we never hear the other side of things then we really think things only happen or go one way. It's kind of like when you grow up and you ask mom or dad's opinion of something, mom and dad are going to give you their, their opinion, but they're giving you their opinion 
from their thought process, their belief system. So it's coming from them, which is why it's so important to establish your own, right? Which is why exposure is so important. I click on hashtags sometimes for sport. You know, it's one of those hobbies, kind of like memorizing license plates for me, where I like to click on hashtags and I like to just scroll through the commentary and I like to then like psychoanalyze the people's commentary, but I never really say anything. I just mental sex for me is like I I have it with myself all day. Did I say that out loud? I did. It's like it's just I could I I just this is this is what I do for a living. Not you know what I mean. I, if you don't, oh well, whatever. It came out of my mouth. It is what it is. I just find joy sometimes in playing with things mentally and not always speaking about them, not always feeling a need to talk about them out loud. So, yeah, so I'll click on hashtags and I'll just kind of read through random people, guys. Like, not just, it's not just like celebrities and stuff. Like, this is just like at random people's opinions, random like Susie who lives in Flint, Michigan, who's on Twitter and she's very angry about the state of the world right now. Like she's saying something and then you've got Joe from Texas and he's got a different opinion. Like I'm just kind of scrolling through all of these randos comments that they're spewing on Twitter. And I like to like, that's how I gather my own. Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. I'm not really, I'm not asking you because I don't know the answer to that. I'm just, that, that's just something I say. It's like one of those little things that I say. Kind of like, like motherfucker. <laughs> it's just, just one of those things that I like to add to the end of a sentence sometimes. Makes sense. I think all of, uh, anyone who's ever like worked with me in a professional setting when I'm talking and I'm explaining things, I will often say that. It's habit. It's not whatever. So, so yeah, so that's how I gather my opinion because for me, I can't get really grounded and confident in what I think unless I know how I react to the opposition of what I think. Because sometimes I'm not clear. I hope you're following. Like sometimes you're not clear on what you want. Sometimes you're not clear on what you believe until the opposite shows up and then you're like, no. That is a no, not today, Satan, uh-uh. And then you really root yourself more into what is your authentic belief. So yeah, Twitter is a good place for that. I feel like I talk about Twitter a lot and I feel like I should get paid to do that, but I don't. So, oh well, I'm sure they make a lot of money. <laughs> I think you could spare some and, and hand some to Amy, maybe. Uh, yeah, you you know, it's, it's important just in life to stay connected to what is right for you. And when you, when you find yourself not connected, when you find yourself, I was talking about this with B yesterday and I said, or she said, I don't remember who said what, but we were talking about how I'm I'm somebody, right? Like maybe many of you listening, who practices processing her emotions 
it's it's important to me. It's a priority to me. But I know what it feels like when I don't do that, right? When I don't find clarity, when I don't acknowledge a feeling, when I don't work through it, and it's just like cycling inside of me all day. I am uncomfortable, can't sit still. Like that's what happens to people when they can't be honest with themselves and they can't acknowledge their feelings. So imagine what happens to people when they can't acknowledge their feelings and they can't get honest with themselves about how they feel and what they want and then take it one step further. They can't then reach a level of confidence to be able to say and communicate this is who I am and this is what I want. Imagine living like that. Like think about a moment in the last few days because it has happened for sure for you and for me and for everybody where something took place in your life and you didn't stop in that moment or shortly thereafter to like think about it and acknowledge maybe I'm I'm angry right now. For instance, for instance, my New Year's Eve, you've got a packet from the IRS. I took a moment before I even communicated to my mother, did you not consider, right? Like I took a moment and wanted to immediately lash out like a normal human would. Like what the fuck? that's the tech you didn't even pick up the phone and call me you sent that as a text message right like that's a normal human reaction because you're caught off guard and then you're kind of like looking at their behavior or their words going whoa right but when you take a moment and you get honest with yourself and you like take a deep breath and kind of think about it you go I know my mother My mother has a good heart. She always has good intentions. She truly does. I know that as as attacked as I feel right now, she wasn't intending to make me feel that way. And the only reason I feel that way is because that getting that message scared the living shit out of me. Right? Like that that's it. That's it. It was my emotion and my fears that I wanted to like lay into her on. And But then once you get through that, once you're really honest about that, then you are capable of looking at that person and communicating what I call a boundary, right? Which so many people still don't understand and confuse because they, they just don't get the full spectrum of what a boundary is. But sometimes in this case, a boundary is as simple as expressing your honest emotion to them in a way that basically says, I don't want to be spoken to that. <laughs> and it's based on context. So it's so you there's not a black and white way to do that. You have to kind of feel it through situation to situation. In this case, the most authentic way I could communicate after I kind of acknowledged this isn't her fault. She apologized and I I said I know. Like you didn't mean that. There's no I, you're there's no need for an I'm sorry. I just said in the future, (laughs) I don't need to know what mail arrives. Just tell me if my kittenish package came with my nice little matching outfit. Like that, that's all I wanted. Or an Amazon box showed up. That's all Amy wanted to know. I don't want to know if a bill shows up. Like I'm on my shit. 
Okay, I'll handle the IRS. I, I, I didn't, I didn't need, I didn't need that in advance. I didn't. And, and that's it. So if you look at any situation in your life and you kind of factor that into the equation, like think about all the people in the world or think about all the people on Twitter <laughs> that are just, they're not taking that one second, right? So instead, they're reading something, they're watching something, they're hearing something, they're experiencing something, and their only way with, of coping is to type it out and, and blame another, type it out and attack something, right? Just like, I could have been like, what the fuck, Cheryl? <laughs> I thought it, for sure, because that's a natural reaction, but then once I I took ownership of my part, which is my part in that case is my reaction and my emotions. Anything leaving me is on me. People don't get it when I say it. Anything leaving me is on me. My behavior, my thoughts, my words, my reactions. Those are all my responsibility. They're not her fault. She's not to blame for them. Nobody is right? What leaves her is on her, or what leaves you is on you. What leaves me is on me. So next time you see people like attacking. So, or next time you're like, just like trolling my comment section and you think to yourself, why didn't Amy like clap back at this person? Or why is she so kind to everybody? Then you're seeing Amy practices what she fucking preaches, which is If you jump in in my comments and you feel so inclined to debate what I just put on my page, just note, the first thing I do when I read a comment is I click to your profile and I see if you follow me because it tells me. And if you don't follow me, I'm less invested in having a conversation about it, not because I don't feel like you're you're worth it, but more so because I know that you're just bored and probably angry and trolling through hashtags or like the explore page and you decided to take it out on me. But if you follow me, then you're there because you're interested in what I have to say and you find value on my page and then I'm more inclined to have more of a conversation with you to help you understand because I know that you're invested in what I'm saying. Difference. Either way, I'm still going to be kind to you. I've received death threats on Instagram. Yeah, I know. Hard to believe. I'm not somebody that seems like she, not, not, let me, let me rephrase. (laughs) I, I don't think any of my behavior ever warrants even a thought of you should die. Like, I just, I don't think I leave enough space for that to happen. But when it does happen, I think to myself, I have a lot of compassion for you. On it, Honestly, it scares me a little, sure, because the internet is a like the Wild West. But I have compassion. That's the only time more times than not that I will block somebody. Other than that, I live by what I preach and teach. And that is, I don't run around blocking people. I don't. Instagram has this really great feature now, if you didn't know, called restrict. 
I don't know if you all have it on your like personal accounts, but it's definitely on my business account. So I can restrict like commentary without having to block you. I can restrict how you how you engage with my posts without having to block you. Um, so that's a that's an alternative approach to not having to. The reason that I stand by what I say there is because, and those who maybe are just listening to this and maybe new to me, I, this is a very controversial thing that I say when people hear it, they go and get really angry, but blocking is a reaction. Now, are there, uh, are there situations where blocking is a value? Absolutely. But it comes after a few things. Right. So if your first instinct is to block somebody without communicating, without like like feeling your emotions and kind of like making sense of the situation, listen, then that's on you. You've got some work to do. It's it's based on context. It's based on situation. It's not black and white kind of argument. This is why I kind of refrained from like putting up a quote that says blocking people is a reaction because people are going to misconstrue it very easily. The reality of this is, is that like, let's take it into the real life off of the internet because the internet has discrepancies. You go, oh, Amy, that stranger who's following me that they just decided they were going to say something insulting to me, right? And it doesn't hurt you unless you think it's true, So you reacting to it and blocking them tells me it hurt you. I'm not saying you should allow it and you deserve it, right? But I am saying that what causes more separation with people in this world and then take it into a bigger picture, like politics, for instance, what causes all that separation is blaming other people, attacking other people, blocking other people. When the reality of it is, is that the, the people that are blocking the most people are the ones saying, we need more love in this world. Oy. We do need more love, but you've got to practice it within and then, and then extend it outside of you. And in order to do that, you have to work on you and you have to work on you to the degree where you realize other people's words can bounce right off of me. They don't have to hurt me because what they're speaking about is their own thoughts and feelings and fears about themselves. And they're releasing it onto me because it's an easy way to cope with it because they can't be honest with themselves. So it's easier to point the finger at me or place it on me or attack me or debate me when, when, it has nothing to do with me. And if I don't feel like that about myself and and I believe it has nothing, then simply eliminate the comment and move on with your day. More times than not, unless they are every single post, every single day, saying something nasty to you, right? Then you have every reason in the world. Like you can comment and communicate because that's always my first go-to. Communicate with people. Say to them, something, whatever is authentic to you, that tells them this is not acceptable treatment of me, right? And I have a really good way of doing that to where I'm not, I never degrade somebody or or put them down. I don't, I'm not passive aggressive. As somebody who was very angry, very insecure, and very passive aggressive growing up, I am now 
probably the most compassionate person I've ever met. And I've met a lot of people. The most. But that's because I've done a lot within to get to that place by choice. I didn't like who I was. Passive aggressive behavior is just unacceptable to me. Now, if that's how you communicate, I'm always, I'm still going to lead with compassion in that conversation. And real and a lot of honesty, a lot of brutal fucking honesty. When you're passive aggressive with me, I just say something really honest to you and I take you out at the knees. Which is why people love to hate me. <laughs> Especially in real life. They're like, "Really, bitch?" Yes, really. You want to speak indirectly about your anger to me? I'm going to speak directly about your behavior. That I'm just, I'm always going to lead with honesty. And that is attributed to who I am, how I feel about me and my character. I'm going to leave you with that for the day. What leaves you is on you. What leaves them is on them. And that's it. And, and you can walk away feeling confident and happy in every situation right? And, you know, not blame other people, not add more hate in this world. So 2020, I have not yet become Martha Stewart or Rachel Ray or Snoop Dogg, but I have dropped some, some good, good advice on you today. And I hope you share it with a friend or five. Till next time.